0: Real business owners, telling real stories and experiences. Welcome to the show.
1: All right, here we go. It's uh, time for another podcast with uh, a great, you know, he's become a friend, gotten to know him, actually, you know, caught some footage the other day of his daughter on TV. So we're going to call him famous by association because of his daughter. Uh, it's my friend Ron over at, he owns uh, actually a multi-location Midas uh, Auto Repair Shop. Uh, say hi, Ron. Good afternoon. How yeah. are you, Dave? I'm doing good, buddy. I appreciate you being on. Thanks for giving us your time.
2: It's pleasure.
1: Right? Okay. So, so um, you can see, Ron, you can see you in the video. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it. But if you're watching the video, you can see, look, he's in his showroom right now. He's got his manager back there. I'm telling you folks, Like these are real business owners, they're gonna share real stories about business, and he told me he's in there because they don't have an office. He, that's his office, he's living in that showroom operating his business, isn't that right, Ron?
2: That's exactly, I'm actually sitting at my laptop off where customers would normally sit to work on their laptop, right? I'm not utilizing
1: it. Ah, see, that's beautiful. All right, so the way I really like to get this started is uh, to tell the story uh, of, you know, yourself and your business, kind of where you came from, how you got into the industry, and what has caused you to evolve into being, you know, a multi location owner.
2: Well, so I'll start off with I'm from Long Island, New York. About 30 years ago, uh, I answered an ad to um, be a salesman in a car dealership. And uh, I'll never forget it. My mom was away and she says, calls up, she goes, uh, I heard you got a job. I go, Yeah, I'm selling a car. She goes to me, are you kidding me? Nobody makes money selling cards. Well, within the first three months, I was number one salesman at the store. And I worked my way up to, um, within a year, to uh, sales manager, uh, general manager. And then about 10 years later, I was their operations director over all their stores. And we wound up moving down to Florida in 2004, where I started working for a large dealer group, the Schumacher Organization. And I was their operations director for... Uh, almost 15 years dealership. So I decided to um, uh, see what else is out there. I went up getting an investor uh, who has the, um, is my mom's boyfriend now. Uh, so he helped me out and he's a um, investor, uh, sound investor, I should say. And uh, we went up uh, looking for different franchises and we seen uh, Midas. And um, there was two of them for sale, one in Lake Worth, one in West Palm and uh, we went from exactly um, July 4th, we'll be be our fifty year in business.
1: Wow, so, but you've expanded, well you've actually downsized and expanded into there, and don't worry, I'm not gonna get into the whole your investors dating your mom thing, but you have actually, uh, (laughs) I I know his investors, so it's a pretty funny story. but you have actually downsized and then grew. So can you tell us a yeah. little bit of history about that and how many locations you have now?
2: Yeah, uh, we had a West Palm Beach and our Lake Brook store. Lake Brook was really not doing what we wanted. And we wound up um, uh, giving that store uh, back to Midas but they just reopened about a year and a half ago. Um, and then what we also did, we wound up buying a store in Bargate and we bought that one about six months after we, uh, we bought, got that one in February of 16. Mm-hmm. Then uh, that was doing well. And then we uh, opened up Cutler Bay which was we did that in March of 19. And then in October of 19 we opened up uh, Cocoa. Mm-hmm. And by accident we, these are two stores that I found by accident. Mm-hmm. One uh, in Cutler Bay was on LinkedIn. And after talking to the landlord, I found that was a friend of mine, which I didn't even know. So that was a very easy one to do. And then somebody told me about the one in Coco that was a Thai kingdom that was closing down. And I came up here, I looked at the area, I said, I cannot figure if I like me why they'd be closing. We're on our main intersection, main highway, and so on. And so now we've technically opened up um, in uh, January 1st, where I say. We really started business up here. And they're doing
1: fantastic. So here's, here's kind of a question I have for you about auto repair versus car dealership, right? So what typically happens is in a car dealership, people are very, very weary. You know, everybody is, you know, they don't want to go to that used car salesman because uh, it just, it, it's a fear point for a lot of people. Well, that kind of translates into the auto repair business because many people are a little bit scared uh, you know, some other customers always tell me nobody ever goes to the auto repair shop happy because nobody's happy to spend money on their car. And now they're walking in. And so you have that used car salesman experience, um, car salesman experience. How did you how do you deflect that a little bit or how do you try to show that that's not really you? I know you, but a customer walking in might not. So how do you kind of get over that?
2: Well, that's what probably makes us better than our, than our competitors is, is having the experience that I have. Because what we, I'm very, very big into uh, customers. Okay, keeping everything customer-centric. In a sense where we want the customer to come in and feel very comfortable. Okay? we're not here to pressure anybody. We're not here to um, say you must get this. Okay, what I do is I have my man advice. Mm-hmm. Okay, we do everything on tablets, so when we do an inspection of a car, we take 15 pictures of every car. So the customer says, wow, I really do need brakes, I really do need tires. Okay, so it's them making an educated decision. If they feel it's something they don't want to do, now, that's fine. Okay, and what we do yeah. is we find out the next time they come in, remember those tires? Yes, I want to do them now. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we're, I don't give them any kind of pressure whatsoever at any of our stores. And that's really what makes us very different. Is that my guys don't work on commission, so they're here to help the customer make an educated decision, uh, and we're not going to force them into that they, they don't want to do.
1: So, you know, um, how do I how do I phrase this next question? So I'm just let me give you a scenario so that I try to yeah. help me paint the picture a little bit on this. Customer uh, comes in, and that car is maybe borderline safe to drive. Now, mm-hmm. now you've got a customer that might be apprehensive. They don't have the knowledge. They don't understand it. They don't know those things that are happening, but they feel like, "Hey, I've been driving on this car for 4 months like this. All of a sudden now, you know, I come in here and I've got a $3,000 bill and, you know, they're telling me all these things." And on your end, you're like, "Listen, I'm not here to make you spend money. Like that's not what you're there for. Your job is to make sure they leave safe." Where does that line fall in place and how do you talk that customer through you know, hey, listen, it's necessary for you to spend this, not because it's me telling you, because it's just the right thing for you.
2: Yeah, first thing that we'll do is if the customer's here, we'll take them out to the car.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're going to give them an education on their own car.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're going to show them kind of like what the car is telling us. And the is talking to us, saying, that, look, these are the brakes. There are none. And we'll show them what a brand-new freight pad looks like compared to that. Mm-hmm. And we'll take the time with them. We'll also do a full list with them and say, this is what should be done now. This is what maybe we can do in six months. And this is a long-term maintenance plan that you should be doing to stay on track. This way your vehicle Mm -hmm. will last you even longer. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Because the problem is if you don't take care of some of these things, a $200 repair will become a $700 repair. And that's what we want to avoid.
1: So you will actually say, look, here's a list of everything that needs to be done to your car but and there might be 10 things. But here are three that are so immediate that like you shouldn't drive off the lot with this. These you can wait a little bit. That's correct. Now, and so you know, let's just talk a little bit of business because it's in your best benefit to get that person back in to complete those repairs. Does your system allow you to like set reminders for all of the repairs? Like, hey, you did these three, but these three you need to do not just oil changes. Is that something you use in your business?
2: Yes, one of the things that we do is that we use a a tablet system called Bolt On. And what that does is is it will, first of all, send pictures with a full inspection to their phone via text. Okay. Now they have it on their phone at all time. Then what we'll do is we'll set the next appointment for them. Kind of like when you go to the doctor, same exact thing. Okay. And then it will remind them they have an appointment to come in. We can also talk to them via text constantly about concerns that they might be having with their vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay, as as the time goes on. Okay, remember we, we spoke about doing the ball joints? Okay. You said you wanted to be doing it three months. It's now three months. We need to get you back in here before they fall out. You want them having a much more expensive repair. And I gotta tell you, the customers love it. They feel it's so transparent. Yeah they can, and that, and that's the part we need to say the customers come in on it, they're very defensive. Okay, mm-hmm. oh my god, I don't know, especially women. Okay. They feel a, a, a store is going to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's actually totally not the case with us at all. Cause we, uh, we don't give you a man or woman, of course, and we show them, though, we treat them the same because even though a lot of us guys think that we know we all, we really don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we do, we show them everything that needs to be done. They have pictures of it, they feel now much more safe than it's than not BS. They see mm-hmm. their car, they see everything there. And then when we go over with them, they say, Wow, I really didn't, I did not know I needed brakes. I was told I did a while ago, but I didn't believe mm-hmm. it. But looking at the pictures, I see I really need brakes. Nice. So, so you, it builds the credibility more than anything else with the customer.
1: Yeah. So you have a lot of, pro- so a lot of your procedures, you know, you use the word customer centric, but a lot of your procedures, policies, things like that, that are built for, you know, back of house uh, and transparency. And that's a majority of what you do. the the actual car function and repairing the car stays the same because cars are cars, and each car might have unique things, but repairing the car is one thing. All your policies and procedures that you create are mainly focused on communicating with the customer about now needs, future needs, and preventing you know a $5,000 bill with a $200 maintenance plan.
2: You know, I want like the that. customer to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I want is them to uh, spend $1,000 with me and then leave and say that they got ripped off. Okay, I I never want that to happen. I want them to say, well, the thousand dollars was well spent. Yeah. Because I know I got all this stuff done and it was at a very very fair price. All right.
1: So let me ask you about the you know, the business side. So m- I understand employee and you know uh, having labor and things like that always going to be an issue. Uh, every podcast I say it, nobody moves to South Florida to work harder. You probably heard me say that a hundred times. Uh-huh. So other than staffing their employees, things like that, what's kind of the number two issue or another big issue that you deal with in your business? Oh, uh,
2: probably expenses, mm-hmm. and the reason for that is. Uh, my guys pretty much have an open checkbook, okay. So they have they have to buy parts. I don't know what parts they're buying, mm-hmm. so they have to buy parts. And uh, I'll get a bill at the end of the week for X amount of dollars from the parts stores. And when I go through it, I gotta say, okay, I know this one on cars, but why do we buy so much of something, mm-hmm. okay? I, and because uh, there's not a big margin what we do. People think oh a lot of money, there really isn't. And so we so um, we have to look at every. Limit at nickel and
0: dimes.
2: Um, So I I would say expenses is probably number one with the guys. They all know it. I have a weekly meeting discussing it. I hired an accounting firm just recently to um, actually uh, uh, make sure that every part that they buy actually winds up on the car. Yeah, Let's be honest. As business owners, we don't know what to wind up in the back of someone's trunk. We don't know that. Yeah. So now, now the accounting officer looks at every bill and they go dial into our system and they say okay here's part A but it didn't, never wound up on a call, what happened to it? So then we can find out and say oh you know what it was a mistake and it needs to be returned and now they can return it yeah. and now there's, some, there's a third party watching them. So that's probably one of my biggest areas that I had an issue with that we're, that we're dealing with now. When I hired a company out of Hawaii, you know, and I, you know, I met them once. Uh, they came down here, but otherwise, everything is done uh, by WebEx and uh,
1: by Slack. Yeah, and so, okay, so you had a little bit of the, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of accounting because you're dealing with your staff are trying to make sure the customer are happy and they're very mechanical people and not necessarily, um, you know, bookkeeping people. They're more exactly. interested in working on the car, getting their hands in there, and doing those things. So you're having to put things in place for your business that keep quality high, but also keep control of... <laughs> you're not ordering you know, 10,000 bolts when you need 10.
2: Right. Well, for example, I, um, before I came up to this one, I happened to stop at my West Palm Beach store. And I noticed on the floor, there were two tanks of uh, Freon. Okay. Now, a tank of Freon will last in six months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now... Business is uh, okay, but it's not where it was four months ago. Mm-hmm. So really, do we need to buy that extra thing of free on for hundred some odd dollars?
0: Right.
2: Probably not. You know, so he'll say, "Well, it was on sale; it's ten dollars cheaper." I'll be honest with you; I would have rather spent the ten bucks later on when business is a little bit than the save ten dollars right now, but I have to add an extra hundred.
1: Right. So you know. What what's something that you feel is unique to being a multi-unit owner versus being a single-unit owner?
2: Um, I think one of the, uh, the biggest advantages, first of all, is I'm capturing an entire area. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have from, uh, even though there's there's 52 Midas in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. I have four. My goal is to have 20. Okay. okay. And right now we we, we have one in almost every county. You think about we have one in Miami. We have one in Broward, we have one in Palm Beach, and now I got one in Brevard. Mm-hmm. So I have, so I have one every. So I, I like that because, if, uh, because customers should know us. It seems to like our philosophy and how we do business. So they'll say, okay, I'm up here. to Rick, uh, you have a location. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And and so on. know drive, no drive, a half hour to come to us because of how they know they're going to be treated at any of our stores.
1: Okay, so you get more coverage, but so you, you mentioned something that, and I own franchises too, so I, I definitely get it, and I have multiple territories. Um, so you own four, there's 52, you have a single unit owner that is gaining because of the work that you are doing, you know? are yes. You know, how do you, so what do you do about that? Like, how do you, what are your thoughts about the fact that you're you're now investing in an accounting firm to put in policies and procedures, while another Midas might not be doing that. But your service is so spectacular, they might drive into that next Midas. It might be good service, but it's not your service.
2: Well, you know, sometimes they will they will think that oh, I went to another store, and, and isn't this my tax store? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 believe it not, that customer's actually called me and said, I went to another store, and it was nothing like yours. Mm-hmm. So I apologize, to them, because I do want all my assistants to do great. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Uh, I just always want to be a step above everybody if I can. Uh, you know, and having multiple stores had a lot of advantages to have, it. Has gives you better buying power uh, overall. It gives you better coverage uh, overall. It gives me uh, when I work with vendors, I, can, I I can do more with them as well. Um, with my mailings, with my program that I use with you. There's a lot of different things that I can do and that's why eventually I want to own more in the state of Florida. I'm not looking to expand
1: outside of Florida. What is your favorite thing to leverage about owning a franchise?
2: Uh, Probably What I love about having a franchise is the support you get from the franchise uh French Resort. Mm-hmm. Uh in the sense where if I need anything they'll come out they'll help me the training uh the, the name recognition. Now okay. if I put Ron's um order repair, mm-hmm. yeah I'll get people. But I won't get the amount of people that I get uh that to Midas. Yeah. Okay? And when we looked at franchise, we looked at a lot of franchise. I might not say anything bad about the competition, mm-hmm. but I did notice though that Midas was leaps and bounds above everybody else. There you go. And that's why we want, that's what we want to
1: that And I'm just going to make sure everybody knows that uh, Ron and I aren't getting paid by all these name drops that he's throwing out there. Not just Midas. You know, he's mentioning Bolt-On. Kudos to them. They're doing a good job. You know, he's, he's giving out some names of some uh, industry-type things that they're doing. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely own a franchise. You know, there's leverageable... Assets that they have that we get advantage of, and we pay royalties for that, right?
2: Like oh, yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's probably the disadvantage, in a way, about having a franchise is that okay? Ten uh, percent of everything I do goes to brother Midas. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, if I didn't have them, okay, I wouldn't be doing the amount of money that we're doing. So just of course, of doing
1: business. Sure, sure. Um, so. You came, now knowing your story, you came from a big operation in the car business. You, you yeah. did. What is something that you took from that big operation yeah. and that big business that you translate into your, you know, lo- I call them local. I don't like small business. Something you do into your local business. Well, it's
2: probably more that the way I've seen people get treated
0: mm-hmm.
2: is something that I would never do. Okay, and I, I was the operations director and, I, and unfortunately uh, I had to do certain things that I did not like at the time, which is either changing pay plans on the fly, uh, letting people go because they had a bad month. It's just uh, a lot of politics that I, I said I would never do okay, uh, in, my, in, uh, in my company, and that's something I'm not doing. A uh, perfect example is during the, uh, this pandemic, okay, uh, a lot of the large stores, and I won't name names, but some of these large companies—they don't have their staff. I laid off nobody. Okay, I did—I cut hours a little bit, mm-hmm. but nobody lost their job. Okay, and so we got to the point where I did what I could for my people before myself, and that to me is what made something that was very, very different. Now, when I worked for these large companies, it was all about the owner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the only could have a bigger boat, the only can have this, the only can have that. Okay, with me, it's more of, yes, I want to make a living for myself and my family, but I also want to make sure that all my people eat. All my managers, all my uh, technicians, my entire staff, I'm here for them. And they, and they all know it. Okay, and that to me is probably what the biggest takeaway. It might have been more of a uh, positive for me and negative okay. for uh, where I came from, but reality is I, I see how places get treated. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that they have a lot of deeper pockets and all of them have and they were the first ones to cut this
1: down. Wow yeah I mean you know you're seeing stories come out all, all the time about you know things like that and you know during the pandemic things like that. Um, what's something that scared you in the beginning when you first when you first bought these two Midas dealerships in Palm Beach and Lake Worth right something that scared you and now you look back and we're like, oh man I didn't need to be worried about that. Yeah. The competition.
2: <laughs> I was scared about the competition because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, tire and repair places,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I said, "Oh my god, okay, now am I going to be able to handle? You know, be able to get business away from them?" And mm-hmm. sure enough, now okay, uh, I don't even worry about it because uh, we have our own clientele that we are a lot of times busier than mm-hmm. the competition, and uh, and uh, I, I can tell you one thing: our uh, Google reviews are better than anybody around us, okay? Uh, most of our stores average between a 4.7 to a 4.9 on Google. Wow. So, yeah, so we wow. have a real, real good reviews because of it.
1: I want to hear, like, your favorite story about being in business with Midas. Like, I know you have, like, something that sticks out in your brain. Of you being in business, and whether it's a staff doing something great, you doing something great, a customer story, I wanna hear like a fun story from you about your business. Well,
2: one of the things that um, um, I took a negative made it to a big positive is when uh, uh, Maria came through the hurricane and hit uh, Puerto Rico. Like, uh, I, I actually know a lot of people on the island, and I've done a lot of work on the island consulting at one point. So I, 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 the island is very dear to me. And um, I raised a lot of money, and I'm talking about thirty, forty thousand dollars. And I took, I went to Costco,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I um, bought thirty-five pallets of food. I spent, wow. we spent about twenty-five thousand cash at Costco.
0: Wow. Okay,
2: and I, and I rented a U-Haul by myself, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, it took me about five, uh, about seven hours to get all the stuff back. Yeah. And um, and then we then I shipped it off by a private plane and private ships to the island. Wow! So yeah, and that was you know that made me feel really really good uh, that we did that. Mm -hmm. And um, when we did it, I did it a little differently. I shipped a lot of stuff uh, with the chamber, uh, Puerto Rican chamber, to different universities around the island. Where FEMA took everything, went to San Juan. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is. Puerto Rico is an island that's uh, 40 by 100, so if you're stuck on one part of the island, you can't get to the other part, yeah. so we went all the way around the island, so no matter where you were, you we were able to get access to what we sent.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, and so that was really a, a good feeling that we were able to do that, and uh, you know, uh, we did that, and then when uh, the Bahamas had their problem last year, we uh, we were a drop off point for all the stuff to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And. Um, ABC, CBS, NBC, they all came to the our store. but We had so much stuff that we were sending to the Bahamas as well. So I really enjoy doing it. It's just giving back. And that's something that I'm, um, I've am i never really done before so now. Where I'm able to do that. I work with the community, I like give back. Um, I do blood drives every three months at each one of my stores. Okay? And when they, if they donate, I give them a free oil change. And they're uh, doing that. So, you know, so if it helps them, push them, to give blood when they
1: can. So your favorite thing about the business is really being able to give back to your community. 100%. I love it.
2: I uh-huh. really, really do.
1: What advice would you give to somebody that's looking to start off one unit, you bought two, looking to start off the first unit, what kind of advice would you give to them? Go in with both feet and don't look back. Don't second guess yourself.
2: Okay, I would tell you if, if, if you can get your first store, okay, you can't get the two till you get the one first. Get the first store. A lot of people are very hesitant about getting their first store, about going into business. Mm-hmm. You know, because the word what if. You know, and it's kind of like I said to somebody the uh, other day. that was asking me a question like that. I so said, let me tell you something. As a family, when you're with your wife, you say, you know, do we want kids? Uh, right now, we can't afford it. And we always said that we would never have children. <laughs> It's the exact yeah. same thing, if we yeah. keep on waiting that we, we can't afford it, you'll never do it. The best thing is just to jump in, okay, borrow, beg, steal, whatever you got to do to try to get that money up so that you can do
1: it. Mm-hmm. And then
2: once you're in it, there's no looking back. Now you just make it work. Yeah. You got to go out there and just make it happen.
1: Alright, so let's let's use me, right? Use me i come in i go in both feet first i've got a nice little business cranking you know i'm good in the auto repair business i've got you know a good stable customers good customer service what's the hardest part for going from one to two that's a good
2: question i think that the hardest part is finding the right location Mm -hmm. but one thing that you that you've done when you do the first one you don't know it you don't know what you don't know
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So now, you can take that experience and, and bring it on to the second one. Like the first one, I'll be the first one to say, I overpaid for my first two locations. by a lot. I was like, and I look at it and i go, like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> okay. So, right. But then, okay, so now, the second one that I got, in Margate, I didn't I that one. But the third one, I stole it. The fourth one, I even stole that one even more. So when I overpay those, I made up
0: on my
1: third and fourth. Okay.
2: So, you know, it's just, it's experience. How about- Knowing how to handle it a little differently.
1: How about operations wise? Because what I find is, you know, and and I know you started off with two, but you went back down to one and then grew. So I'm interested in this. I I find a lot of people, that first one, man, you're there 24 seven, seven days a week. I mean, you're, you know, whatever you got to do, you're cleaning toilets, whatever you got to do. Well- when you go to number two, you can't do that because you still have number one, right? So yep. what, I'm going to, operationally, what did you, what That's did you one do? one thing you don't want. You don't want to go back. So,
2: so, you know, just because you got a second location or third, you, the last thing you want to do is not give attention to the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then they start going back in numbers. No one did I want, when I got my first store, I knew that I wanted to grow quick. And what I did is I hired an operations manager that's been with me now for three years. And he's my right hand guy. Mm -hmm. So reality is uh, a lot of times I'll go to one store, he'll go to the other. We're both up in Coco today. Um, But a lot of times though, he'll do certain things. Everybody has their own expertise. Mm -hmm. His expertise is more of working the computers, Mm -hmm. training the guys, and so on. Mine is is looking over the numbers. Mm -hmm. So we so between the two of us, we're constantly working with everybody, and making it happen. And uh, and the managers all know they have certain issues, they can call me, they have other issues, they can call John. Mm-hmm. So because uh, they, they they used to know what where we specialize in. Like uh, there's a problem under a car. They'll call John before they'll call me because I wouldn't even know where to begin.
1: So, so, you know, so
2: he knows that he has thirty years experience.
1: Now let's let's stay on this track a little bit here. Now you're at two. What is something you did different to go from two to three that you did, you know, that you did from one to two? So you went one to two and then okay. you said, Well, I'm gonna change this to go to three.
2: Okay. The biggest thing that I did is that I look for places that were going out of business. Okay? And that you say, going out of business. Why would you want a store going out of business? Okay? Because I know how I'm gonna run the store. Mm-hmm. So I know that we'll be able to take the store that was next going out of business and bring it to the next level. And that's what we did at Cutler Bay and Coco, and both of them are doing very well because of it. So that's a big difference.
1: uh, So the way you identified the opportunity was different. So you said, hey, I'm gonna find somebody that I can see that I can run the locations good. It's just being run poorly. I can do it better, because now you have everything in place. So- Exactly. uh, That's interesting. All right. So, what is next for Ron and your Midas Empire?
2: We want to grow uh, to twenty stores, mm-hmm. and I'm aggressive. So I okay. I have an A personality, and I know I want to do it. Okay. You know, normally you have a lot of people only have one store, maybe two, five years in the system. Okay. Now I am I'm, I'm in the system five years, and I got four stores. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my goal is to probably have and probably ten stores within the next another four to five years. Wow. So I wanna double I want to double within the next four to five years.
1: Is there do you do you have like areas that you want to grow into like the you identify markets or is it kind of like that philosophy, hey look man, I'm gonna go where if you're going out of business and I know I can run it better, whether it's in Jacksonville, if it's in Tampa, you'll go there.
2: One hundred percent. Okay, I never expected to be in Coco. Someone says to me, uh, the entire kingdom, I've been in the cocoa, you to look at it. I got got in the car, I was up here two hours later, and I said, okay, it looks okay. You know, the area is so-so. But but then I started looking more around the area, and I stopped at all the oil apart stores talking to them, and so on. And, And the funny part is, every oil apart store I went into said the exact same reason why this store failed, because of management. They all said the exact same thing. They went through so many managers such a little time because they weren't being taken care of the right way and so on and here I am now in the store, customers are coming in, they're loving us, uh, we have I think about 90 reviews already, we're at 4.9 in here, which is telling the customers just love coming here, they like it how it is and, and so on and believe it or not there's another Midas by the way the crow flies, three miles away. Wow. Yeah. And they weren't happy about us uh, buying the store for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. And uh, we're, um, we're definitely um, taking a lot of market share for the way we're doing business.
1: Wow, buddy. I mean, that, that's that's pretty good, man. The, the local guys out here, is there anything you want to add on to, you know, some advice or experience that you've done?
2: Well, the biggest thing that I can say that's helped me is how we treat our people, and that goes to on to our customers. Mm -hmm. if you don't treat your people good, they're not gonna stay and your customers are gonna know it. Okay? So the biggest thing that we do is treat our people the right way. We want them to stay. Uh, we treat our customers. Customers is what the way I look at it is this. The customers pay my paycheck.
0: Mm -hmm. They pay my guys.
2: I might sign the check, Mm -hmm. but reality is though, without these customers I'd have no business. I'm gonna challenge the most important thing.
1: So I'm gonna challenge you a little bit. Is the customer always right? I
2: wouldn't say they're always right, but even when they're wrong, we try to make it right, okay? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, look, sometimes you can't win,
0: no matter what you do. And you just,
2: and look, you can't make everybody happy, but if I can make 95% of people happy, I'm doing okay. Okay. And that's what I'm
1: looking at. Do you stress about the other
2: 5%? I do, but you know what? Certain things are out of your control.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And that to me is something that look, I didn't break that car. Okay, they did it because they did not maintain it properly. And then, they, and when I get in the bad news, I'm the bad person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not the bad person. Okay, if they maintain it like probably the last place they went to told them. Okay, sound kind of like your teeth. Okay, if the dentist tells you they they need root canal, but why did you tell me I need root canal? I told you they don't take care of dentists. Your teeth are gonna rot. Mm-hmm. Same exact scenario. We gotta tell you, they gotta take care of the vehicle, mm-hmm. and you know if they do that, they'll be they'll be on a maintenance program. They'll be costing a lot less over the term of the vehicle. And the attitude that I have is, I rather get five hundred dollars a year out of you for five for ten years,
0: mm-hmm.
2: okay, versus get two thousand dollars once and never see you again. Yeah, okay, and that's the way I am with. with all my stores, exact same thing. That's why when I hit to rip anybody off, we to do the right thing and make sure the customer feels
1: it as it, it, well. It's trickle down customer service. So one hundred percent, you know, right? Um, it, it's the the head of it leads the way, and that translates through. So now you, you got me. You know, I love customer service, and you you know, we've had good conversations. That's all about. When you're hiring, what's some traits that you look for around customer service? Like, how do you know a technician? How do you? I mean, a technician really is not customer facing a lot, but you have some frontline staff that are on the computers. What traits are you looking for that says, "Hey, this person might be a good, you know, good fit for our business"?
2: Well, one of the things I look for first of all is make sure that person has not jumped around because if they jumped around. That means that I feel they had a problem in the last job, and the last job, and they might not be a people person. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Uh, if you stayed at one job for the last three, four, five years, and they come over to me, I want you, over. my arms are open for you. Come on in. Uh-huh. But if you've had three, four jobs in the last year, I don't want you. Because you know, I think that you have too much bandage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want my customers to know when they come here, they're going to see you over and over and over again. Wow. And that to me is a real important
1: area. So that's what you're looking for when you're hiring? Yes, it is. I love that, buddy. All right, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. That was, I mean, great information, but you know, I always love chatting with you. Um, you're in my, you're in my territory up there in Coco. I hope you, you got a, you know, maybe a shuttle launch up there soon. And um, I know the beaches are open up there, so I hope that you enjoy, but don't forget you're up there to work hard, not to goof off, buddy. Oh no, when I'm
2: up here, I, okay, I just got here, but I won't, I'll be working uh, tonight until so probably about 8 or 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm always the first one here in the morning, 5, 6 in the morning to get started, and I always uh, surprise them because they never know when I'm coming up. Like, uh-huh. He goes coming up mm-hmm. tomorrow, I came up today. So no one ever knows when I'm going to stop buying, so they know. Keep the places clean, I don't want to see the office, I want to make sure the place is good if I come up there and see it, that means the customers see it, and I don't want that.
1: Right? All right, buddy. Any any other things you want to add? Anything you want to promote a nonprofit? Anything you want to promote, man? You
2: do it. It's free. I don't care. Well, first of all, I want to appreciate uh, your time in doing this. I think it's a great uh, program for uh, entrepreneurs to be able to uh, listen to it and see what people are doing and and learn from each other. Mm -hmm. You know, look, we none of us know it all, and we're all looking for um, that magic pill that doesn't really exist. But we can get a little bit from each each person of what works for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's all about, is to share stories. Okay, because you know say, something will work for me, maybe not for others, or just to uh, change ideas. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you, though, if anybody listening and they want to come to a minus location for any uh, work to be done, you will be treated fantastic. I can promise you that. Uh, all my business card is my phone number. Mm-hmm. The reason for that is my cell phone. Because any customer that's not happy, I want them to call me. And I, from, I, don't
0: know about, so I don't run away from a,
1: from a problem. I deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's
0: the best way to be. Nice, again, brother. I appreciate everything.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate you. You have a great rest of your day, buddy, and I thank you. And uh, anybody out there, uh, go ahead, put Ron to the test. If you're in, well, anywhere in South Florida and out there in Cocoa Beach area, put him to the test. And I'd love to see any comments, anything that you have. If you've been a customer, comment too. I appreciate everybody, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. Later, buddy.